You're listening to the Oddscast, the original UFC betting podcast that's straight to the point. Hosted by leading MMA oddsmaker Nick Kalikas and MMA journalist Brian Hemminger, they provide you the absolute best UFC betting info, picks, statistics, and analysis from the most respected authority in mixed martial arts betting. MMAoddsbreaker.com. Don't place your wagers without us. Welcome to the Combate Cast, presented by BetDSI. I'm Brian Hemminger, joined by leading mixed martial arts oddsmaker Nick Kalikas to break down this Friday's Combate 47 event, which takes place in Monterey, Mexico. Nick creates the opening betting odds for Combate events, so he'll break down the seven pro fights on this card, providing extensive analysis and a pick for those fights after doing the event. Combate 47's main card will air live on the TV networks Univision and TUDN with live streaming of the undercard on Facebook Watch this Friday night. Let's dive right in. Taking things off on the preliminary card is a women's atomweight bout between Ana Palacios, who is 2-1, and one, and Leslie Hinojosa Kambin, who is 1-1. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? Quickly, before we get me, just say a couple things. Make sure you guys definitely tune in this Friday night, Combate Americas 47. They've been doing some great things. Awesome cards are putting together, getting crazy good ratings as well. So really excited to be a part of their team. They're doing some awesome things. Even at the sports books, I'm getting a great response. I mean, a lot of people are going to the betting windows, and it's working out for the betters, for the sports books. So some exciting times. Make sure you guys, guys get on board and check out Combate's Americas 47 this Friday night. Now, getting right into the fight. Palacios versus Compian. This is going to be an awesome fight. These ladies love to stand and bang. It's going to be back and forth. They're durable. Uh, they really bring it. Getting into Palacios first, she's a favorite, obviously, for a reason. I opened her minus 210. The comeback on Compian at plus 165. Right now, looking over at the Don Best screen, we are seeing currently minus 230 for Palacios. The comeback plus 170 on Compian. So, Line margins have tightened up a little bit more action coming in on Palacios. This is going to be, I think, a very back-and-forth type of fight as far as the betting action goes because there's not a lot out there on either one of these ladies as far as research goes. I'm getting a little bit, but there's not a lot of footage out there, obviously. So this isn't going to be one that's going to be hit hard or steamed, I think, either way big time so but it is going to be a great fight and again getting into it a little bit with palacios she's a very young talented prospect i believe she's 20 years old she's training out of the famed bone breakers camp in mecca she's coming from a good camp and from what i know she's not afraid to stand in exchange she has decent striking Uh, she has a knockoff article along with it and she has has that killer instinct she also has some wrestling good ground awareness and she goes for submissions as well so she has a complete game at age 20 i'm the limit for her really so like what i see with palacios also campion she has a very good uh overall pedigree as well because she's an aggressive spark plug type of fighter i mean she brings it when she's getting in there and mixing things up she really throws quick hands nice combinations um and she works to stay off her back as well people want to take her down because she throws at such a high pace on the feet as well so she brings a very game durable tough opponent overall um i think this fight is really going to come down to palacios being a little bit more well-rounded i think she's going to be able to push a higher pace possibly get the floor and she does still have a little bit of a ground advantage at this stage as well now again i believe if i'm not mistaken campion is 36 years old so she should be 
the more mature fighter, obviously, at, you know, there's a big age difference between 20 and 36. So she's going to be, I think, the more mature fighter. Um, she's going to be well prepared as well. But despite that, I more towards Palacios. As far as the betting window goes, I think this is a very difficult for one for me because I think this is going to be the toughest test for Palacios to date. So it's kind of hard to lay that chalk. I think it's a dog or pass situation, but I'm not really looking forward to betting Compion in this spot either because I do think Palacios is just kind of one of those fights that watch it should be exciting and um, just, you know, kind of pick your spots on this card. Now, moving up to a 150-pound heavyweight fight, we have Ivan Perez, who is 6-6, six and six, taking on Ernesto Carriga Rodriguez, who is 3-2. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? I open Perez minus 145, the comeback on Kuroga at plus 115. Right now, looking over the Don Best screen, we are seeing Perez minus 150, the comeback on Kuroga plus 120. So, line margins have tightened up a little bit. There is two actually coming into this fight. There's some 140s out there, 145, so nothing crazy as of yet. As we get closer to fight time, I'm sure this can get hit a little bit harder for sure because there might be a play in this fight. I mean, what you have in this matchup really is Perez being the more savvy veteran. Um, he's well-rounded, of course. Most of his wins are by submissions, but he's not a bad striker if you're looking at a striking. I mean, he's got a good frame, big for this 155, 150-pound catch weight. I mean, normally 145 pounds, of course, as well. So he's, he's got some size for the weight class as well. Clean technique on the feet. Um, the problem I see with Perez at times, he can be put on his back, controlled a little bit as well. Uh, but he does have a submission game. So you got to be careful. As I said, five of his six wins have been by submission. So he can, he's stubbing you off his back either, um, as well. So I like what I see. Um, he's an experienced vet that took a few years off really from competition between 2014 to 2018. So he's right now, he's kind of settling back into things. Um, had two fights last year and this will be a second fight this year as well. So he's starting to get some momentum back. I like that about Perez as well. It seems like he's just finally kind of getting the ball rolling again. And, and again, he's got that solid experience, decent competition overall. Now, Kiroga, on the other hand, man, I mean, there's a lot to like about him as well. He's a Muay Thai stylist overall, but he's, he's training MMA, obviously, uh, blue belt and BJJ right now um, and when you're looking at his fighting style it's hard to find footage you have to dig deep but there is some footage out there on this guy and when you're looking at his fighting style I mean he looks to wrestle and he's got some really nasty ground and pound as well so he's more than a striker already uh, but I still think that part of his flaw is on the ground especially defensively I mean that's where you're going to kind of bump into some problems with Kuroga in this spot but overall uh, I really think that he's a solid fighter and he has the uh, ability to probably keep this fight upright or even get some takedowns because again he had wrestle as well get top position on Perez so this is going to be an interesting fight for sure um I think overall his wins are against cans that bothers me a little bit for Kiroga I mean if you're looking at it he you know he has three wins wins as a pro right now but if you're actually on his uh Facebook page I believe he has six wins he's six and three according to his resume but overall what he's listed as is three and two and those three wins have come over basically can so he's a can crusher at this point he hasn't really been tested so Perez Perez is by far the tough, toughest opponent that Craig ever had to face at this point. So I think that's where it's going to be a little bit difficult. And I'm leaning a little bit more towards Perez because of his overall experience um, and competition in MMA. But this is another tough one. I think it's a dog or pass situation because Craig, again, I think is the type of guy that's getting better. And I think we've seen in the little sample size, I've been really impressed with. So this should go back and forth, but I'm going to pick Perez because, again, he's a little bit more savvy. But this is another dog or pass situation. Now, moving up to the welterweight division, we have Emmanuel Rivero, who's 9-5, taking on Ricardo Areola, who is 7-7. Seven and seven. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? 
I opened Areola minus 380, the comeback on Rivero at plus 260. Now looking over at the Dombes screen, we are seeing minus 350 plus 260. So I'm type a little bit. There's also a 400 out there. There's a 325 out there as well. So between three and 400, you're going to see uh, basically Areola over Rivero as far as the sports books go out there, market price. If you're looking at just on paper, I mean, Areola is seven and seven. He's a 500 type of fighter. You're thinking, man, is this guy a 400 fighter over anybody? But you know what? Again, a lot of these guys, they have those 500 records sometimes. You got to look deeper. And there's a lot of times they're better than what their record indicates. And this is the case for Areola as well. Um, Rivero actually has a better pro record. He's nine and five. But again, you have to look beyond paper. And if you look closer, I mean, one of the first things you would notice right away is these guys already fought a couple years back and Areola has a submission victory over Rivero. And if you look at it, it was a pretty good fight. I mean, while it lasted, it was back and forth. It was a slugfest, and then Ariola got the fight to the ground, was able to get a quick tap and a guillotine choke. So Ariola definitely has a better ground game. He's a solid vet, of course. Um, he's the more well-rounded fighter. What you get from Rivero is that he's a slugger, man. He's going to come in. He's a front runner. He's going to come try to knock your head off in the first few minutes of the fight. If you can withstand that, you're probably going to beat him, though, because he starts to gaggle. He starts making mistakes technically. You can put him on his back, and then that's exactly what Ariola did. But the cool thing about this fight and why Ariola is also a big favorite is he can also win this fight on the feet. He doesn't have to. Uh, submit Rivera on the ground either. I mean, I think this could be a slugfest. He has just as good of a shot on the feet as he does on the ground, honestly. But the ground is an easy path to victory for him. I mean, he's able to get the takedowns. He did it last fight. And, and of course, it, it, realizing that he tapped him that fast on the ground, I think we might even see a quicker tap this time. So Rivero, what I'm trying to say is has a puncher's chance. Um, and I think that's why you're going to see a lot of people come in your dog here because he does have that crazy good knockout power that all it takes is one shot with this guy and you could cash in for sure. But that said, if you can withstand it and uh, Ariel did last time, and I think he will this time, Rivera's going to lose this fight. So my pick is Ariola, and as that line drops to closer to 3-1, to one, throw him in a parlay if you if you could take parlay, let him straight, because I do think he gets the job done. So there is value, even at that steep price of 3-1 to one on Ariola. Now, sticking with the welterweight division, we have Joe Gonzalez Trevino, who is 4-2, taking on Alvaro Herrera, who is 9-7. Now, Nick, What's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? Here we go. Awesome scrap. Of course, we all know Herrera, the UFC vet. But getting into the line real quick here, uh, Biopa Trevino minus 150, Herrera, the UFC vet at plus 120. And right now, looking over at the Don Best screen, we are seeing minus 155 for Trevino, the comeback plus 130, plus 120, plus 125 out there on Herrera. So line marks. Have tightened up a little bit. Not nothing crazy as of yet, but again, this fight's going to definitely move before um, we see it go off the board as well, more so because you got two sluggers going out of here. I mean, again, I mentioned quickly Herrera, the former UFC vet, tough Latin America too. Um, especially has some training at Greg Jackson's camp as well. Uh, we all know what kind of fighter he is. This guy has some serious power in the feet. I mean, definitely a threat. You don't want to be in there and getting clipped by this guy, of course. I mean, that's what he's capable of doing. He can put you out right away, Herrera. And the problem with me hasn't really that improved all that much, and he. He definitely has a suspect chin, some cardio issues as well. So I don't think I've seen him kind of get better since the Ultimate Fighter. And usually you do see a lot of fighters improving since the show. So he's one of these guys that's kind of a question mark to me. But again, you have to respect him because he does it. He has that big thing. He's got that power that you definitely have to pay attention to. Now, Trevino, on the other hand, is actually 
a boxer. He's a pro boxer. That's what his background is. Uh, he trains at AKA with Khabib. Um, he's actually Khabib's boxing coach, one of the boxing coaches he uses as well. So he gets that kind of real training with all the AKA fighters and the wrestling and all that too as well. So he's rounding out his game quickly. But obviously his boxing, it's where it's at. So you, you basically have a striker versus striker contest, Trevino versus Herrera here. And both these guys have devastating knockout power. So you know somebody's probably going to go to sleep here in this spot. I could, Trevino should be the rightful favorite. I mean, his boxing is definitely a little bit better. Um, again, Herrera has more experience overall in MMA, but I think Trevino, from what I've seen, he's a southpaw. I think he's a little bit more durable. Um, I don't trust Herrera's shin as much as well. So there's more to let him know. I don't think he's as um, far at this point in his game as uh, Herrera is, but again, Herrera hasn't done that much improving for me. So I really believe that um, Trevino's probably gets this done. So he's a rightful favorite. I understand the betting action coming in his way, but it is tough. You got to respect the knockout power coming the other way. So that's why the line's even co- close to competitive, uh, because Herrera, you always got to give him a little bit of respect. So that said, I'm picking Trevino. I think he probably does knock out Herrera. Now, moving on to a featured women's strawweight contest, we have Elm Hespidus, who is 0-1, taking on Christina Adams, who is 1-0. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? I open Adams minus 350 to come back on Cespedes plus 250, and right now what we're seeing on the Donbass screen is Adams minus 400, Cespedes plus 310, and there's 355 out there still, there's 370 out there as well, so we're Seeing again between 355 to 400 on the Donbass screen on Adams. So a little bit more actually coming in her way, a little bit more support. Of course, again, if you're looking quickly on paper, you have Suspect 0 1, Adams, who is 1 0. I mean, so you have a, a basically, a, you know, an undefeated fighter, even though they don't have a lot of sample size as pros, going up against, a, you know, a, a lady that hasn't won a fight yet. So that said, I mean, I'm not surprised them in that way on Adams, because I think they think she's probably the hype fighter here, the one that's supposed to get the W. But this is going to be another close fight, another entertaining fight, I should say, as well. Now, that said, I mean, I think Adams is a solid favorite for a reason. She was 4-0 as an amateur. Um, all decision wins. I'm very impressed with her all game. I mean, she's talented. Another talented young prospect. I mean, she's only 26 years old. I'll, I'll tell you what, Combate has done a tremendous job grabbing these ladies. Um, there's a lot of talented ladies on the roster, and they bring the heat when they come in and fight. I mean, they're performing really well in the cage as well. So love to see this. And this is another two that are going to perform. They're going to come out here and bring it. So again, Adams is a talented young prospect. She's fast, explosive on the feet, willing to throw and, and, and get hit really in a firefight. She doesn't care. I mean, she has that killer instinct. Um, she has really good body kicks as well. She works well in the clinch. She has a good knee attack and has some wrestling and BJJ to go along with it. Um, so I, I love her will to win and the pressure and the pace, everything about her. So again, it was hard to not open her a decent size favorite over Cespedes because I think Cespedes is another hyped young prospect. She's only 20 years old and really she's going to keep on improving. And I like what I see because she's a true athlete. She's a very intelligent individual. I mean, she's a mechatronics engineering student, I believe. Um, her, she has a kickboxing background. I believe she was three and O as an amateur and in MMA, amateur MMA, she was one and one, if I'm not mistaken. So again, her MMA game is still evolving it's developing it's not to the point where adams is at this point but i do think that if she's able to keep this fight upright i mean she could probably hold her own on the feet a little bit she also has some wrestling that might be able to utilize here as well she was a state olympic wrestling uh team member and she got fourth place at the nationals as well so cespedes is definitely a hyped prospect like i said at 20 years old she's only going to get better so maybe we're underestimating Cespedes in this spot. Maybe she performs a little bit better than I, I think she will. But I think that even with that said, it's still hard 
for me to believe that she's going to pull off the upset win over Adams in this spot here. I just think it's too much too soon, and I like what I see from Adams. So although Cespedes is definitely an intriguing young prospect that could definitely be ready for this, I think Adams is. That's why you're seeing the high favorite here, and I think it's right. So my pick is Adams. As the line climbs, though, there's too many unknowns with Cespedes at this point. I will leave it go. Now moving on to the co-main event of the evening in the featherweight division, we have Andro Flores, who is 16-2, taking on Marco Antonio Elpidio, who is 9-3-1. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? I have been Flores minus 220, the comeback on plus 170. And right now, what we're seeing over at the Don Best screen is Flores minus 260, plus 210. There's minus 270. There's a, as high as minus 285 right now out there for Flores. So the comeback plus 225, plus 195, plus 200 on video. So line margins have tightened up, and there is a little bit more action coming in Flores' way. Nothing crazy yet, but again, another spot where this is an awesome fight. This fight will definitely take in a lot of action because you have two legit prospects going at it here at, at um, 145 pounds in the featherweight division, and I, I really see a lot of good in the future. Starting off with Flores first, of course, he is the favorite in this fight. I mean, he's a slick, technical fighter. I love watching him fight. I mean, he prefers to stand and pick his opponents apart on the feet, but he does have some ground. He's wrestling. Um, he does go for takedowns when he has to as well, and he has some submissions go along with it. He trains with uh, Yair Rodriguez and crew over at, at Valley Flow Fighting Systems. I mean, that, that is definitely an underrated camp in Chicago, the VFS uh, camp, training camp. So he's getting some amazing training partners. Like I said, a lot of good experience over there as well. So he's absorbing everything as a sponge. He's getting better. This guy is legit as they come. Another awesome um, fighter that they have on the roster here at Combate. But Alpidio at the same time, though, you got to really like what you see with him. And he's another, he's only 24 years old. So he's another strong young prospect, um, physically strong as well for the weight class. I mean, I like what I see from him. He's fight, coming back down. 145 pounds. He usually fights at 155 pounds. He's actually fought at welterweight as well. So physically, again, you can see he's a strong guy. In fact, at welterweight, he over um, current UFC fighter Rodrigo Vargas. So that's something to be said, if, especially since that was at welterweight and he's down to 145 pounds right now. So Apidio is definitely a solid fighter. Strong, young, like I said, experienced for his age. I mean, pretty solid. I love what I see in him as well. He's got power on the feet. He swings heavy. Um, when he lands, he could do some serious damage as well. He has got a big right hand. He's got good leg kicks. He use, utilizes his wrestling well. So that's one thing that I think Flores has to be cautious of because Elpidio, if the fight's kind of not going the way he wants on the feet, he all that wrestling. He's got a good double leg. He's got good control as well and decent takedown defense. Um, but as a fight progresses, a lot of times you could see Elpidio kind of starting to slow down in round two and round three and he starts backpedaling. So I think that's where it's going to come harder for him for as, as a type of fighter that continues to push a high pace. So I think this is going to be interesting and this will be a lot more competitive than people realize, especially early on. But I think the difference here in this fight is as a fight progresses, Flores is going to start to pull away, start picking Elpidio apart a little bit more. And I think he's going to earn a decisive win on the scorecards. 29-28 type of decisive win, but I think it still is Flores' fight to win or lose. So I agree agree with the early action coming in Flores' way. I think he is the better fighter here, but don't get too carried away. I mean, Elpidio is definitely a solid fighter. All the stuff that I just mentioned is legit, and he could definitely pull off it. So as the line creeps up to 3-1, to one, stay away from it. In fact, if anything, I might have to hop on the dog if this line gets too carried away, because like I said, Elpidio, he has a decent resume. He's only 24 years old. He's only going to get better, so maybe we're underestimating him here as well, but I think it's Flores' fight to win or lose, so I'm going to pick him. Now, this brings us to the main event of the evening, also in the featherweight division. We have Levi Saul Merican, who is 12-3, and 3, 
taking on Enrique Gonzalez, who is eight and three. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? I've been Gonzalez minus 190, the comeback on Marikeen plus 150. And right now what we're seeing over at the Donbass screen, ooh, we're starting to see some action. As I'm looking at the screen, the line is dropping. Marikeen's getting some action. Right now it's minus 25 for Gonzalez. The comeback on Marikeen is plus 115. So needless to say, line marks have tightened up. There is action coming in the dog here. Marikeen's an awesome fighter. I mean, he won the Combate Americas Copa Combate 2017 tournament, which is one fights in one night to capture the tourney title and against three solid competitors as well. So this guy is 12 and three as a pro and only getting better. He's 23 years old. So I get it. I understand why you guys are coming in on Marikeen here and the spot over Gonzalez. The guy's a stud. I, I like what I see in another awesome main event that the Combate has in store for us here as well. Because I mean, you're going to see two fighters that I know, like for me, Gonzalez is definitely a guy that uh, everybody's a little bit more well-known or at least on everybody's radar a little bit. I mean, this guy is definitely a heavy-handed slugger. He's a wrestler. Of course, he trains with uh, VFS systems as well. Um, so in Chicago, what I was just mentioning with Flores, so he trains with Yair Rodriguez. And again, he's got that little bit of a reputation behind him, and he's a lot of solid competition as well. So this is going to be just an awesome fight. I'm going to break down these guys a little bit more clear here. When you What you get with Gonzalez, really, is a heavy-handed slugger. I mean, he's a wrestler grinder. He's very um, good experience at this stage of his career as well. He's fought decent competition. Um, he mixes up his ring striking very well. It just kind of blends them all in together. And he's usually the aggressor in his matchups. So he, he usually is the one that controls the pace. He's the one that has the tempo. Now, he's hittable. Of course, and defensively, there is a little bit of a concern for him as well. And if, if you have a guy that's in takedown defense and is able to stand and bang with him a little bit, even though Gonzalez has some power, um, you could definitely still do some damage and possibly maybe outpoint him and win um, fights on, on the scorecards against him here. So Marikeen is going to have to try to do that, stay off his back, because I think skill set for skill set, I like what I see as far as overall technical skill on the feet. I mean, I think he's the better striker overall. I mean, he's physically strong. He moves well. You know, he's lighter on the feet. He switches stances often as well. Um, I like, like I said, the way he kind of mixes everything up with his kicks, which is he's cleaner. He's more accurate. So he's going to be the more precise striker. Um, but at times, he's kind of not aggressive enough. And I think that's where Gonzalez is going to probably, even though he might be getting clipped at times on the feet, he's going to be the one closing the distance, kind of making this an ugly, grueling type of fight. Um, but again, Marikin does also have some grappling. He looks for uh, top position, of course, on the ground. But even if you get him on his back, he does look for some submissions and you got to be cautious with them. But again, he does make some tr uh, transitional mistakes on the ground as well. And I think Gonzalez is savvy enough and he has enough control where he, he can control and make Marikin pay for some of those positions and some of those mistakes. So awesome fight. And again, I get why the action is coming on the dog here. I mean, at the betting window, at the opening price, it was a dogger pass situation. I get it. I just think there's more, a little bit more hype and respect probably that's going to be on uh, Baby Bull, BK Gonzalez here in this matchup. But overall, I think that it is a great fight and I can understand it. Again, I'm going to side with Gonzalez because I think his wrestling and his control is going to be enough to get him the win here. But again, it's not very confident because Keen is on a rise right now. I mean, he's fighting so well that if Gonzalez cannot get him to the ground, he's going to be some trouble in this fight if he can't control the tempo of this fight. But for me, as the line creeps closer to a pick'em, 
I have no issue hopping on Gonzalez's side because, like I said, even though he might get outstruck a little, outstruck a little bit on the feet, I still think he's going to be the bully. He's going to be the one that controls the overall octagon and the cage at time and where the fight takes place. And he's going to be landing some hard shots along the way as well. So I like the grinder at pick and price. I'll go with the grinder Gonzalez here. But what a great fight it is! It should be an awesome main event. So that'll do it for our event breakdown for Combate 47 in Monterey. Special thanks to BetDSI. Good luck, everyone, and hopefully the betting gods are on your side this weekend.